You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 226. I am Tim Robertson, and there's David Cohen over there with uh, his trusty old microphone after a quick swap. Yeah, I, it, there's actually a bit of a maxim in audio circles. Once you've got something working, never change anything about it. Dude, I've been I, t- saying that forever. You and Guy Searle don't freaking listen. I swear to God. I've, so, I've got the same microphone that I've been using. Well, I, when I bought it, I bought it in a kit with a mobile pre USB and two M audio XLR microphones. I bought them at the same time. It was like a hundred bucks on sale at small dog electronics, literally eight, nine years ago, not even kidding. Mm-hmm. And I have yeah. never changed my setup. I, I use the same box. I just recently changed the cord. The USB cable. Mm-hmm. That's that's the most thing I've changed until this week, where my and, and the microphone stand. Well, the microphone stand was it's a scissor one, you know that you you clamp to yeah. your desk and it's got springs on it. It was a, a Heil, and I've been using it for a while, and slowly but surely I could tell that the springs in it were starting to wear out. It just wasn't. You'd put it in right where you want it, and it kind of starts slowly sagging a little bit, and mm-hmm. it, it was time. And so I got a new one, and this one actually has external springs. You can see them. There's two on each side, so there's four springs all together. It has a built-in um, XLR cable that's hidden inside of it. And uh, it's just nice and sturdy. It has a nice little cage for the microphone on the end. So I took my old trusty mic, stuck it in here, plugged it into the uh, M-Audio, and that's it. Good to go. So... Uh talking of changing setups next week i'll be on a different laptop because i'm getting rid of my macbook air you're getting rid of it well i'm i'm passing on to my son it's his 13th birthday when you're jewish it's kind of a big birthday and uh he's kind of been spoiling for a laptop so i reckon an 11 an 11 inch air is probably the right fit for him so uh i shall be using something else do you know what you're going to use yet have you ordered you got a new Uh, macbook right no, I I just purchased a used Retina MacBook Pro. Oh, nice! Inch. Nice. Yeah, so, uh, just a couple of years old. No, it's a good machine, like though. Kind of this... Yeah, it is, and, and uh, you know, I didn't want to buy a brand new one because I barely, you know, apart from the show, I don't really use this that much. Yeah. So I didn't want to invest like you know a thousand pounds, something like that, on a laptop that I only use very occasionally. Um, but I, I, by the same token, if I do want to do something heavier on it, I want something capable. I figured something was about two, three years old was probably the right sort of balance. Dude, I'm, I'm using an early yeah. 2012 15-inch MacBook Pro. It's not Retina. Yeah. But uh, no, so I, I really straight? wanted to I – fi- I figured if I wanted, if I was going to buy another laptop, I wanted to get a Retina screen because I'm kind of spoiled by them now. Um, you know, I, I've, I, I found – the last year, the, I found looking at the MacBook Air screen, I, you know, you just – I guess we use the iPad most of the time now. You just kind of notice the pixels. So I figured if I was going to change my machine, I should at least try and get at least a first-gen Retina machine. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. I, you know, I don't use my laptop as a laptop most of the time. It's hooked to a 27-inch Asus screen. Mm -hmm. So it's not... I'm going to do... Yeah, there we go. Um, So I don't really need Retina, to be honest. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. But I, the laptop, when I use it at home, I will be using the internal screen. I'm, I'm not going to be plugging it into anything else. So I, uh, I was, I figured, what the heck? I was curious you about know. when I started using this machine. Uh, I know it's an early 2012 model, 
before this, I was using the Batmac, if you remember. Mm-hmm. This this is the yeah, Pac-Mac, P-A-C-M-A-C. The other one was B-A-T-M-A-C, Batmac and Pac-Mac. The only difference being um, naming conventions is this Pac-Man sticker on this one, and there was a Batman sticker on the other one. And yeah. I, I really loved that that old one. I believe it was a 2009, I want to say, Yeah. until someone spilled coffee on it. Yeah. If those listening want to hear the story about how I stopped using that laptop and started using this one, September 14th, 2012, uh, it's called Batmac, episode number 93. So go to techfanpodcast.com and just look for Batmac, one word. Yeah. And you'll find episode that. 93, and there it is. That's where I started using it. I looked at it. It's what I was typing a second yeah. ago because I was kind of curious. Yeah. So this machine I've been using since September of 2012. Working great. Mm-hmm. I, You know, I put an OWC SSD in here, and it's night and day. I mean, it's so much faster, so much more reliable, quieter. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, these 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 Macs, you know, last a long time. Last, we've got three year old, four year old Windows computers at work, and they're terrible. They're, yeah, they just they don't are, hang you up. Know, they just they slow down. They just yeah. Even if you rebuilt, I re, even rebuilt mine, and uh, I think the SSD was shot because it was even after I rebuilt it, it just was slow. It was terrible. It kept on crashing. They just don't last. Mm-mm. You know, whether it's the software or the hardware, I don't know. But I don't know. I'm I'm happy with this old. Uh old i mean it's three years old in computers term it that is pretty old but i'm happy yeah. with it the thing is we're at this point now where pretty much anything provided you don't have those sort of problems just like i was saying um with the software and, and the way it runs in terms of capability pretty much anything from the last four years should run pretty much anything you want to do nowadays unless you have very specialist requirements well <laughs> i do have uh, a late 2011 15 inch it looks identical to the one i've got here uh, and it's my OWC laptop. It's the one that I take with me when I'm on the road. It's got an SSD yeah. in it as well. And I needed a larger SSD, so they shipped it to Instead of most of the time when you work for a company, you take it into the ID department and they do all the work yeah. for you. But it's me, so they just sent yeah. me uh, a new SSD to swap. And at the same time, I sent them my profile so they knew exactly which machine I had. And they said, well, you're only running four gigs of... RAM will send you the uh, eight gig upgrade kit too. Yeah. So they sent that, and then the machine just started crashing and crashing and crashing. I would hit the power button, and you'd get the three beeps, beep, yeah. beep, beep, which is usually a RAM issue. Yeah. So I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, it, it happens. RAM. So they sent me new RAM. Same thing. I'm pulling my hair out. I'm like, what the heck is going on? But occasionally it would boot up. And if you put the four gigs back in, was it the same? Well, I couldn't find the four gig chip that oh, I pulled right. out. I still don't know what I did with it. I thought I put it somewhere safe because I was going to give it back to OWC. It doesn't do me any good. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't find it. So I took it in. They did a swap. They swapped the SSD that they had given me and put new RAM into it. He tested it. It worked fine. He shipped it back. Three beeps. I'm like, what the heck is going on with this computer? So then I started thinking, okay, I'm still getting the three beeps, which means bad RAM. But this is the the third group of RAM they put in it. There's no way that this RAM is bad. So I thought, you know what? I bet one of the slots are bad. So I pulled the RAM out, left one in, same problem. Swapped it to the other RAM slot, and it worked fine. So on that MacBook Pro, that late 2011 that I've got from OWC, one of the RAM slots itself... Not the RAM, but one of the RAM slots on the motherboard. If you put a piece of uh, a 
a stick of RAM in there, it just kills the machine. Yeah, it kills I've, the machine. I've seen that before, and this is you know Apple's had historically these sorts of problems. So there's a few things that always go bad on their machines. Either they get some sort of heat stress on the logic board. Uh, and the logic board dies, or you get a, a bad RAM slot, or occasionally they have a GPU that, that kind of is, is bad. And it's all basically the same stuff. It's soldering tolerances, it's heat cracking, it's something like that. And I wonder this is, if, if this is why nowadays Apple doesn't sell laptops where you can swap the RAM over, because they decided the best way to deal with all these things is just to surface mount everything to the board, make it as small as possible, and try to get away from... Uh, so much you know, heat. From, well, not, but also, you know, having parts that can basically can stress and fail and that sort of thing. Um, I would imagine if, if everything is surface mounted and you know you're never going to go in there, it's probably easier for them to tighten the manufacturing tolerances and make the machines more reliable. Could be. It, yep, it's a good theory. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that one's got a bad RAM slot, which is fine. It's I'm just back to running four gigs of RAM, which is fine for me on that machine because when I'm on the road. I could record a podcast on there if I need to. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not doing any heavy graphic work. I'm not doing any video work. Four gigs of RAM is more than I need. <laughs> it should it should be. I remember when, when we used to think that if you got two 512 meg sticks in a machine, then it was a bit of a monster. Yeah. And then we're going, oh, four gigs. I'm not sure that's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is <laughs> most of the yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of things going on. One of the um, surprises, I was in New York this week. I came back uh, yesterday. So I was in New York for three days. And, oh, the return trip was terrible. The airline, for whatever reason, they booked our flight attendants. But they were still on a plane coming in when our plane was supposed to start boarding and leave. So we were delayed an hour. Then we get on the plane finally because they arrive and come right from their plane to this new one. They're not happy about it. But what are they going to do? It's not their fault. No. And now, because we're leaving an hour late, we're 20th to take off. And yeah. even if they get a plane up every two minutes, which is pretty fast, we're still 40 minutes sitting on the tarmac waiting to... Oh, yeah. It was just brutal. Yeah, this is one that one the, the trials of, of going through a U.S. hub is one of the reasons why when I fly to the States, I prefer to try and change... change if I, when I fly from Manchester to London, say, change in London and then get a direct flight to where I'm going if I can, yeah. rather than have to go through Atlanta or Philadelphia or Chicago or somewhere like that, where you've got to change and you're, you're dealing with that domestic situation with uh, very unpredictable circumstances. Yeah, weather and all kinds of things. But this one, from what I gathered from listening to the stewardesses, well, the flight attendants, I can't say stewardesses anymore, Yeah, what they were saying kind of by to themselves but I could overhear them. Yeah. Was that they simply screwed up the schedule. That there was no way that the plane that they were on to begin with was going to land except for when it did. It was right on schedule. But they had yeah. scheduled they is stupid. But so I get on the plane and there's a lady. Well, it was a pretty full flight to begin with, New York to Detroit. It was it was actually a very full flight. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting towards the front of the plants plane still in business but it's i'm towards the front i'm like in the fifth row which is really you know that's pretty close to the yeah. front and i go to put my roller bag up top and all the spots above me are taken already so i go down one set of seats and someone had laid out this big black bag to take the whole space well i don't mm-hmm. think so yeah 
So I move her, her this bag over a little bit and slide my case up. And this lady goes, oh, oh, sir, please. That's my dress. Don't don't lay anything on top of my da- dress. And I said, I didn't lay it. I just moved it over a little bit. Yeah. And she goes, well, no, no, no. You can't do that. You're going to wrinkle my dress. And I'm thinking, this isn't your personal space, lady. This That's is our right, shared yeah. space. If If your dress is so important... Give it to a flight attendant. She can hang it up in the closet. But don't. Yeah. You don't get to take all this space. You're taking three people's space at this point. And she was so just. She was. She was trying to be nice about it, but yeah. she was so all about her. So yeah. entitled. Oh, it was just here. And then I started just ignoring her because she kept talking. You're yeah. gonna wrinkle my dress. And then she was tapping me on the shoulder. I just ignored yeah. her. I'm like, I'm not talking to this lady because if I yeah. do, I'm gonna get angry. Yeah. Just entitled, oh, it's my space. No, it's not your space. It's our space, and we're supposed to share it. Yeah. Oh. But here's something that's nice that happened just this morning. I don't like McDonald's food, except I like their breakfast food. Mm-hmm. I like um, uh, I like their Egg McMuffins. I like their sausage biscuit. They're, it's good stuff. Don't yeah. eat it every day, but, you know. Mm-hmm. Julie and I uh, made a donation to Cole's school today. Uh, scissors, kids' scissors, you know, the rounded end ones. Yeah. A uh, package of like you know, 10 or 20 of them. And then during the summer, Julie had been collecting backpacks to donate to the school because kids lose their backpacks throughout the year. Yeah. So here's the school. They'll have a whole bunch of extra backpacks. They can just hand them out as needed. Mm-hmm. So we actually went up to the school today to donate these backpacks, and we did. And on the way back, we go to McDonald's drive through on the way home. Now, this McDonald's has two lanes for drive throughs I don't know if you've seen this yet. We've never, I've ne- we, we've never had that in the UK. It's... It's, it's kind of weird. There's an inside and an outside lane now for the drive through Right. And you kind of, they alternate, and it does make the line go faster, I guess. I don't know. But we're on the inside lane, and we're looking at this car in the outside lane, and I can see her tire is almost flat in the back. Mm-hmm. So after I order mine and she orders hers, she's in front of me. Uh, like if I continue to go forward, I'll T-bone her car. Yeah. So I get out of my car because her window's up and I honked, but she didn't look at me. And she's yeah. got a child in the back seat, and I knock on her window and she kind of looks at me, rolls down the window and I said, your back tire is almost flat. And she looked and she goes, oh, thank you. I'm like, mm-hmm. you're welcome. Get back in the car. There's four cars in front of us at this point. We get up to pay and the car right in front of us was that lady. Yeah. She is just leaving pulling away as I'm trying to give money to the, mm-hmm. the, you know, and she goes, no, the car in front of you paid for yours. Wow. Wasn't that cool? That's very cool. That's yeah. very nice. I, I, I yeah. kind of stood there with my money in my hand yeah. trying to give it to this lady because it just, I didn't register yeah. at first. I'm like, and Julie's like, that was so nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. good start yeah. to the day. You know, you do a donation and then you, you tell someone their tires almost flat, which yeah. I'm notorious to do. If I see someone has a brake light out, I'll try to pull up next to them at the light, next light and tell them. But you're right, but people don't like it because they think that you're normally if they if they if somebody's trying to interact with them on the road, they think that they're they're either uh, you know that they're either a cop or a road rage uh, type of person. That, yeah, a road rage person yeah. is going to. You know, but I yeah. always try to let them know because yeah. how do you know if your brake lights out? Yeah, exactly. You yeah. have no idea. So yeah. you know, I I told her her. Tire was almost flat. She obviously didn't know that. She had real low-profile tires to begin with, so you almost couldn't tell. But I looked right at it, and I was like, that tire is almost flat. Mm-hmm. And uh, as thanks, she paid for our breakfast. Cool. 
It wasn't a Volkswagen, was it? She probably could have used something from something from the tail no, it, to pump up the. Top. Yeah, no, she she had a it was a Honda hatchback. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I was in New York, but when I got home yesterday, there was a nice package here from Amazon, mm-hmm. and uh, they sent me for review. I don't get to keep it, but they sent the new Fire TV. It doesn't come oh. out until the fifth. Uh, I got it on the first. I've already plugged it in. So have and you taken have been it testing it? Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I got the new Fire TV. It's not the gaming edition. I kind of right. wish they would have sent me the gaming edition, to be honest. So I, I ordered, you know I have a Fire TV stick. Mm-hmm. As do I, I. I ordered one of the new Chromecasts. Mm-hmm. Because I want to see, you know, they're, they're cheap. I just wanted to see how different it is. I figure I'll leave the Chromecast in my bag so that when I travel I have that with me. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of intrigued to see how it works compared to uh, compared to the Apple uh, to the Amazon one. The only problem I'm having with the Fire TV right now is because it's not officially released. Well, they sent it to me with the reviewer's account, mm-hmm. but this reviewer's account doesn't have Amazon Prime, so I set up my own account on there because yeah. I do. But yeah. I the Netflix the uh, Netflix app is nowhere to be found. I cannot find it on the Fire TV, and I can't find anywhere to download it. I know it supports it. It's on the box. It says Netflix right yeah. on the box, but it's kind of irritating. I'll get back to it later today and over the weekend when so I have what do you time. So what do you think about this business that Amazon's not going to sell the Apple TV or the Chromecast on this site anymore? Yeah, because it's not. they don't support Amazon Prime. So I, to me, I, I read this and I immediately start thinking, isn't that kind of an antitrust move? You know they're a, they're an online retailer. They've uh, got a huge market share, and now they're um, denying. And this isn't just this isn't just them carrying it. They, they won't let anyone. If you try and sell it through Amazon Marketplace, and so if you decide you want to sell it through Amazon, they won't let you. Uh, a Chromecast or an Apple TV, because it doesn't support Amazon Prime Video. And, and to me, I, I, that sounds to me like uh, stepping over some sort of line of anti-competitive behaviour. I. Number one, they don't have to carry any products that they don't want to. There's well, no, there's no law saying they have to carry something. Well, but... no, well, no, but well, I think the, that's the point. I think there might be. I think if they are, because it's not just the case. Amazon, the retailer, you could say, doesn't have to. But if Amazon, the retailer, also has another part of the company that's Amazon, the video streamer, and they and the Amazon retailer all of a sudden stops selling everybody's streamers except their own, then you could argue they're using their retail. A very big monopoly retail position to prop up their their streaming service, and I think that is absolutely against the law. I don't or, know if it's against it the law. Be, it's definitely or, not right. I will say that. Be, uh, no, well, I I think I think a case could be made. Oh, I agree. You know, obviously, these things have to be proved in court. Yeah. But, I, but it, it sounds like it does not fit within the spirit of the. Uh, there was about three or four different um, antitrust acts in the U.S., and it sounds to me like it must be in breach of, of one or two of them. I'm pretty sure that that's that's restrictive practices. Yeah, it's probably not a smart move on Amazon's part. We'll see how it plays out for the next couple of days before I pass judgment. Initially, I think, yeah, this doesn't sound good for Amazon at all. And then I kind of equated it to Apple. What if Apple, you submitted a game to Apple, but you didn't support, you, you have multiplayer in the game, but it's not through Game Center. It's through, you know, some third party. And Apple says, nope, if you're not supporting Game Center, are built in, then sorry, you, we can't sell it. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure that's 
that's quite the same. I, I, I think when, when yeah, you're in, I think it would be retail, as far as it, I think when you're in retail and you're in yeah, the whole point about antitrust is is when you use your monopoly's position in one market to make affect changes that competitively improve you in another market. You know, so I think this is where this is where. If, so if where are, where's the monopoly at? Because well, Apple they, has their own retail stores; they sell online. You, yeah, but Amazon, they're in Amazon, Target, at, Walmart. Online, yeah, but if you look, look at online retailers, Amazon is the dominant player in online retail. And, for and Apple they are, products, for for all, for everything, Amazon wants to be and and likes to say that it is the re, number one retailer for everything. But that doesn't they're mean now, they're a monopoly because no, they're not. It doesn't not. mean they're a monopoly, but they, you don't need to be. You don't need to be. Um, a monopoly in terms of the only player. If you're the if you're the by far the dominant player, then you can still be caught on monopoly laws, and 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 especially if you're leveraging that dominant position to then affect a different market. And that now Apple is, uh, now Amazon are saying we are the uh, online retailer for everything except for streaming products that don't stream our service. Well, I don't okay. understand why Apple TV wouldn't stream their service because all Amazon would have to do is submit an app. And it's exactly. not like Apple... Chromecast as well. Right, because a Apple TV supports Hulu, uh, Netflix, ABC's app. They they support all of these. And Apple doesn't which get a dime why, from any of it. Which is why, I, I, once again, I, I, I would suggest that, in fact, you could argue this is an anti-competitive movement. I think, I think they can... I'm not saying that... That, that there's going to be a... But a, what's the other side? Did, did, but here's the thing, though. Let's say you're right, except did Amazon submit a Prime video app to Chrome, for Chrome, to Google, as well as Apple, and it was rejected? Now, that, that would that would put a different spin on it. But right, having but, said that... But, but that then can't, when they why, say it doesn't support it, though... Why would that be the case if you can get an Amazon TV app on on Android and you can get get it on iOS? That's so my it point. Sound, it doesn't make it doesn't, any sense. It doesn't sound likely that they tried to do that and had it rejected. I, I, I think this is pure and simple, an anti-competitive move. And obviously they have lawyers. No, wait a minute, though. Let's stop there for a second. I don't understand how it's when if Amazon's saying it's not supported, what does that mean? That they didn't bake it into the operating system, no, or that Apple rejected their app. Well, I don't think. Why? Why would Apple reject their app if it's well? Then how is it not supported? It's not supported because there's no app available. That probably means. But that's Amazon, Amazon hasn't created one yet. Created one, yeah, exactly. They haven't created one, and then because they haven't created one, they're not going to sell those competing products on their own retail space. Yeah. So of course, that's doubly anti-competitive. I don't know. I'm confused because it none of this makes sense to me. Is has Amazon come out officially and said that, or they is this sent, just they've sent they've sent and they've sent a notice to everybody on the marketplace um, that as of the 30th of October, you will not be permitted to sell these products. Hmm. It doesn't make any sense. I, I, well, one I agree with you. It, it seems odd, but one one interpretation would be that that's because effectively they don't want they don't want to compete. They want to uh, to narrow their service to their devices and their devices only. Yeah, uh, that's not it. I'm looking for the link. Didn't you provide a link in there? Yeah, it's here. It's here in the show notes. Yeah, yeah finance. Right. Yeah. All right. Let me. Cause I got to pull this up because I didn't look at this. 
because initially I thought, oh yeah, that's Amazon confirms it will stop selling Apple TV Chromecast. This is from Variety. Apple will stop selling Apple TV streaming boxes and Google's Chromecast streaming adapter at the end of the month. And Amazon spokesman confirmed the decision Thursday, sending Variety the following statement. Over the last three years, Prime Video has become an important part of Prime. And it's important that the streaming media players we sell interact well with Prime Video in order to avoid customer confusion. Roku, Xbox, PlayStation, and Fire TV are all excellent choices. Um, I don't... They sent an email informing them that they will be prevented from listing Apple TV, Chromecast, and Android TV products on the store because each of those platforms were missing support for Amazon's Prime Video platform. I, see, I don't get this because Amazon sends these apps to these makers to bake into the... I don't get it at all. Well, I'll tell you what. The, the Chromecast have been very popular on Amazon. They outsold their own devices, apparently. So <laughs> you, it's it's very hard to come up with a, a business rationale for this that does not smell of, oh, well, uh, they compete with us uh, and they don't offer our service, so therefore we're not going to sell it. it. This looks bad for Amazon because I think I think it really does. I think this really really stinks. And you know, you and I are both big Amazon fans, but this is I I hope this one gets rolled back because even if there is no antitrust element to this at all, even if there is some legitimate reason for it, they've done it in a way that makes it look like it's antitrust and you know what sometimes the smell of that sort of thing sticks with you even if it's not true uh, and and what happens this is what happened to microsoft is they kept on doing anti-competitive things and eventually the department of justice got annoyed enough about it that they started looking into it and they ended up trying to nearly break them up yep um, and you know this could happen to amazon because the problem is every time a company gets away with something like this and we had you know a couple of years ago we had this with amazon and the booksellers where this they stopped selling or they were only slowly selling certain publishers because they had a beef with them yeah all it takes is only a few of those stories and all of a sudden some guy in the department of justice says hmm maybe we should look into this you know and they dodged a bullet with the whole um ebook thing because apple took the took the fuck for it I I still don't I just don't understand this at all because it's it's Amazon that makes the apps for these devices, especially the new Apple TV coming out. It's it's yeah. app supported. App supported. So if they create Chromecast an app, has got an SDK. Apple's got an SDK. I could you could just about see the, them saying, well, you can't sell the old Apple TV because uh, Amazon Prime's never going to be on there. But these new ones, there's no reasons why they can't be on there. Yeah, I don't get it at all. <laughs> this it. It smells like incompetence more than anti-competitive, you know, anti-business type of dealings. It, it smells like someone that doesn't know what they're talking about at Amazon said, hey, wait a minute, Th these two things aren't on here. We can't sell those. And so they yeah. went ahead with it. And, and another department was like, what are they doing? We haven't well, written those apps yet. Of this, course it's not yeah. on there. That's up to us, not to the company making the, the hardware. I picked this up yesterday on Variety, but um, this morning it was on the BBC, it was on CNN, it was on Sky News. This basically, everybody knows about this now, so it's not something that's quietly slipping by. So we'll see whether Amazon rose back on this next week or not. I, they have to. I don't see any other choice here because it, from a technology standpoint, it makes no sense. From a business standpoint, it makes no sense. I don't, I don't yeah. get it. It's weird. Something weird is going on here. 
It sounds more like miscommunication to me than truly anti-competitive behavior. Because well, I, I agree. I always prefer to prefer to look at incompetence rather than conspiracy first. But, yeah, because uh, it's usually the truth. <laughs> but we'll see. But talking of incompetence, yeah. <laughs> talking about taking your Amazon Fire TV apart. So the reason I mention that is because uh, I saw an article the other day and I was stunned, stunned by this. So anybody who, who um, follows tech news know that uh, the company iFixit, we've talked about them in the show before, they like to take things apart and figure out how they work. Um, and they're a great resource. In fact, I was using them just the other day to, to, to help me with a, a, a doohickey that I had, I had in pieces. Um, they have these great repair guides where um, you can go and see, particularly with Apple products, it started mainly in Apple products, where you can go and see how these things are put together, how easy it is to change bits and pieces on them, figure out how to take them apart and put them back together safely. And this is very much their stock in trade. I mean, and the name well, itself, I fix it. I fix it. And very, they're well known for buying something on the day release and tearing it down, figuring out how it goes together, and then giving it a repair rating. And yep. In the past, they've been very critical of things like the Retina MacBook Pro because they're all glued together and they're very difficult to fix. There is no RAM slots on them, as we were talking about before. Uh, and they don't like that. They like stuff where you can kind of fix it yourself. So, that's kind so of do I. Yeah, absolutely. And as I say, I like their site. I like their guides, um, that sort of thing. But <laughs> they seem to be a bit clueless on this one because they got sent an Apple TV. Well, there was a lottery system for developers that you could sign yeah. up for. I even got a notification that I could sign up for it as well. And uh, they but... have a, they, they're a developer. They have a great yep. iFixit app where you can get their guides uh, in an app on the iPad. And well, it's been broken iPhone. since iOS 9. Uh, well, okay, fine. But I have used this app in the past, and it's yep. pretty good. So and, and they win they this lottery. <laughs> Apple's sending out like a 1,000 Apple TVs. The yeah. pre-release hardware, because this hardware it's is not... Yeah. yeah. So something might change in the device between now and shipping, but it's pretty much set in stone. This is what it's going to be as far as software development is concerned. So they win this this developer lottery. They're going to get an early one, David, and they did. Yeah. And what do they yeah. do? Well, they didn't develop redevelop the app, so it ran on the Apple TV, which actually would be cool because if I'm working on a repair, I'd very much like to stick it on a rather have an iPad in front of me, have it on a, my 40 inch TV across the room. Um, no, what they did is they took the Apple TV to pieces uh, and then posted it on their site. And which, the remote. Yeah, which is against the NDA that developers sign to get yeah. this. And they yeah. they knew that that's part of Apple's NDA. Of I mean, Apple can't control anything once a product's for sale because you just go out there and buy it and do whatever you want with it. It's your property. But this was, we're going to send you a pre-release piece of hardware Here's the NDA. Yeah. This device is only for you to develop software on to submit to the Apple TV store or whatever it's going to be called. And instead, they take it apart and they post pictures of it, completely breaking that NDA. So, unsurprisingly, Apple took a rather dim view of this. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, I mean, what got me is not so much the fact they did this, it's the hubris in their post. Well, you might, they, you might have noticed there's no longer an iFixit app in the store. We're right. sorry about this. Yeah, Apple. Not long ago, we tore it down. Well, explain what Apple's reaction was. Well, yeah, they, 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 well, they, they said evidently Apple did not intend for us to take it apart, 
but we're a teardown repair company. Teardowns are in our DNA. Nothing makes us happier than figure out what makes these gadgets tick. We weighed the risks, blithely tossed those risks over our shoulder, and tore down the Apple TV anyway. A few days later, we got an email from Apple informing us we'd violated their terms. The offending developer account has been banned. Unfortunately, iFixit app was tied to that same account, so Apple pulled the app as well. Their justification was, we had taken actions that may hinder the performance or intended use of the App Store B2B program or the program. Live and learn. Really? You've only learnt it now? Well, they're not a developer to begin with. Yes, they had an app, but they're really not a developer. But you know what? There's, there's, there's a couple of things first about this. First of all, to go, oh, evidently they didn't mean, it, mean to, to us to take the pre-release stuff apart. You think? Well, that's kind of a... a that's kind of a, a nod and a wink. Of course, they weren't supposed to do that. They knew they yeah. weren't supposed to do that. Yeah, but then they, they got go, busted. Oh, with teardowns are in our DNA. They're not. They're not a scorpion who can't hold control themselves. Well, you know what? This is even if look. Even if they had done this, there, there was no reason to actually post it straight away. They could have posted it on the day the Apple TV came sure. out. Sure, you know nobody would have blinked an eye. But they right. wanted the scoop. They wanted the press. They wanted yep. the clicks. And so that's why they can... And that's why sure. the nod and the wink, I don't give them the pass on. Because actually there was no reason for them to do this now. And you know what they've done? They've inconvenienced all their customers because now the app is gone. And then the app won't be coming back because they won't be getting an uh, app account from Apple again anytime soon. And not only that as well, the next time Apple does something like this, this lottery thing was quite unusual. The next time something they do something about this. You know, somebody inside Apple is going to say, oh yeah, last time we did that, somebody leaked all the stuff all over the internet. We won't be doing that again. So they're disadvantaging the entire developer community as well yeah. by being idiots. Yeah. Or they're going to be more selective and only get them to the biggest developers that they know that they're not going to have a problem with instead of this yeah. lottery system, which is a disadvantage to some of the smaller developers. So exactly. I'll give you that. By the same token, I, I don't think that, I think the only reason they did it was to get hits. I do think that tearing stuff down is in their DNA. Um, they're a little... They seem to think that they're the only company that should be able to or get any attention for for repair stuff. Um, and they've got some followers out there that seem to think the same thing. So I get a little annoyed with, with that group. It's like, you know what? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of companies that do exactly the same thing. They're just yeah. the most popular. And mm -hmm. if you do a, a an install video or something, you will hear from one or two of their followers going, hey, you guys are copying, I fix it. Uh, no, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> this is, this is, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little annoying. I, look, I think the, the punishment fits the crime. Um, they probably should never have been listed as a developer. There's no way they, there's no reason that they should have gotten uh, an Apple TV pre-release. So... Yeah, they they got their ten minutes of fame, five minutes for posting it, and five minutes for the story that came out of them getting in trouble. Mm, the comments are choice. Yeah, well, I, you know, I was looking at the comments. I would say probably seventy five percent of the comments were uh, anti. I fix it. They were like, "No, you guys, yeah, this is this is a pro." Now, there's going to always be the trolls that are like, "Oh, oh Apple's just showing their muscle." Well, there's a few of those, but yeah. but you, I mean, you talk about the guys who come out when you do a YouTube oh. video. You know, the, the one on the top here, this, this is exactly why I'm proud to actually have the iFixit manifesto as part of our site, which naturally links to iFixit. Oh, please. Yeah. 
<laughs> you're you're always going to get stuff like that that's just idiots. But yeah, you know, look, they 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 made a business decision to break an NDA. They got in trouble for it. It's not like Apple fined them a bunch of money or took them to court or gave them a takedown notice. They said, you know what? You did something you weren't supposed to do. You knew you weren't supposed to do this, so we're going to pull your developer account. Mm. They they just basically kicked them out of the program. And it's Apple's mm. program. They have every right to do that. Oh, I don't, and, I don't and I fix it. That's all, I think. Right. I fix yeah. it should be glad that's the only thing that happened. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> if still around, they'd have been sued. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Idiots. Yeah. Let's uh, take a quick break, David, and we'll be right back. And then I'm moving my whole base of operations to Universal Studios. <laughs> Old guys wandering around. I just can't imagine what could possibly, possibly go wrong. <laughs> We're watching you, too. Yeah. We're the clueless hosts of the MyMac podcast. <laughs> Thank you so very, very much for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. We really, really do appreciate it. Tell me about it. <laughs> people like us. Apparently, people like to respond on Facebook to hairy bald guys who said stupid things. And that's not got good. Why don't you bring us in? And we're uh, back here on the Tech Fan Podcast 225. <laughs> You know, we were looking at the Twitter, and uh, it seems like people like this voice of mine, Davis. So, you know, I, 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 you know, how you doing? I think yeah, I think we should do our own. Uh, we should do our own reality show, the real real podcast Joes of uh, New Jersey. I, I can do shout outs to people in that voice. Hey Scott, how you doing? Hey Mark. Yeah. Hey, hey Alyssa, uh, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody liked it. Yeah, I don't That's know. The wait for my email from Tim Cook, so maybe he didn't like it. <laughs> oh boy! Speaking of uh, Apple, a little bit here, uh, a new story came out last week, David, that mm. apparently has been fixed, but not before a lot of sites picked it up, uh, and that was the ability to download older software from the Mac App Store just disappeared. So if you would have bought, let's say, Lion, macOS Lion, or Aperture, you could not re-download them. They weren't listed in your purchased items in the Mac App Store, mm. which is kind of a big deal, and it kind of went towards what we were talking about just last week with digital downloads. Absolutely. So yeah. I had sent an email to Apple asking about this, asking for an official response, and I didn't get a response. But the next day, all of this digital downloaded stuff showed back up for people in the purchase tab. So either one of two things happened. Apple reversed course and said, ooh, we just made a lot of people mad by kind of uh, hiding this purchase content. Let's give it back to them so they can download it if they want to. Or, and this is kind of what I think, there was a technical glitch on the Mac App Store that was fixed. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying before. It's more likely to be incompetence than uh, than conspiracy. Uh, yep. And we they, we have seen these sorts of technical problems before. Uh, sometimes as well, the stuff can appear in the store, but when you try and download it, it just refuses to download. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm glad it's got fixed because this is really important to a lot of people. We were talking about um, at the beginning of the show having older Macs. Yeah. And, 
depending on the age of the Mac, it sometimes it won't run uh, the latest version of OS. Some of them won't won't run anything past Mountain Lion, and there's a few won't run anything past Snow Leopard. Um, and then obviously, if you are using apps like Aperture, which aren't available anymore, and yet you have the big Aperture collection, you want to move to a new computer, you need to be able to get that software back. Yeah, and there's no way you can buy, say, Mountain Lion on a disc. You couldn't. It's a digital no. download only. So if you've got an older machine that the hard drive completely fails on you and you install a new hard drive and you want to put a fresh copy of the OS, the only way to get it is to download it from Apple. And then yeah. for that not to be in your purchase tab, you just can't download it anymore. So what? So what's the option? Go finding on a torrent site or something? God knows what you're going to get then. Yeah, exactly. So it looks like it was exactly. fixed, though, and I'm glad because this went directly yeah. to what we talked about last week and that we were both so heated on. Although listening to the yeah, episode absolutely. back, I think I was a little more heated than you were. <laughs> I just don't like seeing people I, get screwed over, David. I really don't. Well, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I completely agree with you. I, I actually have a, I have a, an old business card holder kind of one of those little plastic boxes uh, back over at my office and in it I have a it's marked uh, installs and in it I have a, on the USB stick uh, basically a copy of every operating system I've ever owned that's a good idea um, in a, as an installable file because you know I, I, I deal with a lot of computers and I'm, I don't want to have to go trying to download yeah I should uh, do that you know a particular piece of software because uh, if you've got it if you've got it and you own the bits then you own the bits and nobody can take them away from you well they can well, let's try. Club you over the head and take your stick. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fiddle with my stick. Um, <laughs> did you see what Sony did or what they said? I did. Um, I, I, I had mixed feelings about this because I think you and I both talked before that um, when it comes to their support for these incredibly good mobile platforms they build, the PS the PlayStation Vita and the before that the PlayStation Portable they just you know it always seems like they build the things and then immediately lose interest in supporting them yeah it does um, seem that so, way. so the Sony Studios president said that they weren't going to do a successor to the Vita well they said it's highly unlikely which means they won't well <laughs> because, because and they, the reason for that is this was the huge dominance of mobile gaming now don't get me wrong we talk about games a lot on here and we talk about uh, mobile games an awful lot on here and we're both big fans of them um i i think the dominance there is a dominance in mobile mobile gaming it is very much a strong platform can uh, something like the playstation visa compete with it yes i think it probably could if well it was, look at the ds the ds yeah. line from nintendo they're selling those 3ds's and the dsi's they're selling them like crazy and yeah. the 2DS, heck, you just bought a 2DS. I did, yeah. I used one, but still, you bought one, which means you're yeah. going to buy games for it, which mm -hmm. directly impacts Nintendo's bottom line. Uh, I think there's a huge market for portable gaming. Now, that being said, with Nintendo doing so well and dedicated hardware and apps on Android and, and iOS gaming doing so well, is there room for a a PSP or a, a Vita successor. I, I, that I don't know. I think there is, but only if Sony really gives it the attention it deserves and needs. And they haven't shown so far with the PSP or the PS Vita that they're willing to do that. They just kind of released the super cool hardware at the time when it's, when it's first 
released. It's it blows everything away. It's fantastic. And then three years later, you go back and you look at the software available for it, and you're like, yeah, what happened? I mean, yeah, it was bad with the PSP. The Vita is even worse. I mean, it's a joke. It's a complete not a joke. Well, I don't know. I, I hooked it. up – well, yes, but if you went back and looked at what the Vita is capable of and what they've done with the PS4 with it, I can play some games, quite a few actually, on my PS4, but through the Vita. It works. But what's the point in that? Well, if someone's watching the TV you, and and you want to play a game, but you can't switch over to the PS4 to play your game because somebody's watching TV, you can just fire up the Vita and play the PS4 games on your Vita. I, I The thing is, though, I have to wonder with the console market now, with the, the those sorts of consoles, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One and all of that, how much, how much of a demand there is for that? How many of these consoles are actually on a shared family TV? I think most people who buy them are either uh, young adults or a college student or, or older, and I think they either live on their own and they have it plugged into their TV and nobody else is watching it, or alternatively they, um, they have them in their bedrooms on a smaller TV or a monitor or something like that, or a dedicated gaming rig. I don't think there's much of a demand for... I don't think these these things necessarily end up in the living room like that anymore as much as they used to. I agree, but you got, look back to when the, the Vita was released, what, three or four years ago. Uh, I think that was probably a little bit less true. So it, they are updating it to work with the latest console, and I think that's good yeah. news. But I think what's happened in the marketplace since they released that Vita till now is reflective in what the studio's president, Sony Studios president said, it's, it's doubtful that they're going to do another one because they're probably not going to make a lot of money on it. Well, I, I still think there's huge missed opportunity with that. I think there's a big gap between Nintendo, who do stuff which is very much, the, the nature of their games are very much more focused at a younger audience. Um, there are, there's obviously there's mobile gaming, which is great as they are. I was just playing the new Need for Speed last night on my iPad, and it's amazing. It really is amazing how great it is. But it's not perfect. You can still see stuff filling in. You, obviously, you don't have the control interaction you have with a, a PlayStation. Um, you don't have the uh, necessarily the same brand handover you do because the mobile games tend to be developed by independent studios, even if they're subcontracted. So you don't get the 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 you know the the seamless experience you get between the different devices like you do with the Sony um or something like that i think there's a market for hardcore high end portable gaming uh, it's the sort of thing that that uh, android and and steam and people like that have been going for uh, Valve's done a couple of, of handheld. Valve's the only um, one so that's not, been... not, was it was it Valve no it's sorry nvidia there's the nvidia shield yeah, and it did which poorly it did poorly, but you know that's because effectively the only it's just thing an Android other, rebound. The only I think Sony, I think Sony, they did something that was, you know, had a had a six seven inch screen, decent controls, wasn't hugely hugely expensive, and was really really capable. And they kept supporting it after they released it. I think they could clean up. I think they could do at least I as don't. well as Nintendo. I don't think so. Oh no, I don't think so. I, I think Nintendo owns the the dedicated handheld market. And I don't see. I don't care how great the Sony is. I just don't see them cracking that nut. You've just got to get software on it. The problem is they, Sony have never supported their portables with decent software. Here, here's the problem with getting software on it, David. You're a game developer. 
you know the 3DS is selling great. You know that the stuff on uh, iOS is selling well. Uh, and of course, there's the consoles and there's Steam and, you know, how are you going to develop an, for yet another platform that has zero users? Well, I don't, I don't see them doing it. I, I think Sony has to. It's the same problem Microsoft have. You have to throw money at the developers and make them develop premium AAA quality content for it. You still so have it, to get the people to buy the devices, and yeah, that's where Sony can't can't buy the. You, you won't get people to buy the devices without decent software. It's chicken and egg. You've got to do both of it. You've got to produce a decent product. You've got to get people to buy it. You've got to market the hell out of it, and you've also got to pay developers to develop. Triple A titles. I'm not talking about a knockoff of the latest. No, I understand what you're saying. I, I get I'm it. saying you've got to go out and get new properties, new things. That's the way it's always been. The only reason Nintendo is still around today in the handheld market is because of the quality of their software. Lord knows it's not for the quality of the hardware. That's true. You know, it's, it's, it's a simple formula. You just have to invest in all of it. And, and unfortunately, Sony never has. They, they concentrate on the engineering and the hardware, and then they assume that everyone is just going to come and buy it. And I, I think this is a smart move on Sony's part. I really do. Keep the resources with something that's being well accepted in the marketplace, and that's the PS4. It's right now by far the leader in next-gen consoles. It, it's, it's beating Microsoft, and it's... They're, and they're both easily beating Nintendo's console. Nintendo should keep doing what they're doing, which is very strong handheld and okay console. And uh, Microsoft, I don't know what they're doing, to be honest. Uh, they're, I think they're the ones that are in trouble long term. Yeah, I, um, I agree. But, but uh, I, why should Sony spend more money in a much more competitive landscape in mobile? What, mm, wouldn't let, they be better see. served by taking some of their properties um, and porting them over or creating new versions for either the 3DS or whatever comes next from Nintendo or for the mobile platforms? They'll make a lot more money, well, more you know people what, will play them, and they don't let, have the high overhead on R&D and, and giving developers money. Well, here's, here's one way they could get themselves out of it. Uh, and this, if, it, if I were running something, this is what I would do. I would look at their existing pro, uh, technology portfolio and go, hmm, what do I own? I own the PlayStation 3, one of the most successful consoles of all time. Hmm, I'm Japanese. What am I really good at? Oh, miniaturizing electronics. Hmm, if I were to create a handheld PS3 that was software compatible with every other PS3 game ever made, Hmm, I could make a killing, and it wouldn't cost me a fortune. Hmm, why don't I do that? Well, they did. It was called the Vita, and it didn't work well, but very it wasn't. well. You could not take PS3 games and move them to the Vita. You could take a lot, a lot of them and get real close. There's some great games on the Vita. I'm not talking about getting close. I'm talking about making it so simple that you take your disc... You run it through a piece of software. As a developer, you take your code, you run it through a piece of software, and what comes out the other end is a digital bit you load straight onto the onto the PS3 portable. It's not, it's not that easy. And it works. It, well, I'm not saying it's that easy, but what I'm saying is it's, it would be easy. You could make it easy, mm. and, and it would be much cheaper than going out and developing another handhold handheld with whole new control I, I got to tell you, the PS3 was... And... Yeah, I, th I got to tell you that the PS3 was one of the hardest platforms ever to develop for. 
Yeah, but the games are already developed. They don't need to develop new games. They've got a massive library out there. They do. Uh, a lot of it was cross-platform games. If you take just the PS3 exclusives, it's not as big as you may think. It really isn't. You get Drake's Fortune, those kind of games, Ratchet and Clank, um, Metal Gear. I mean, there's there's quite a few, but no, I gotta say, David, I I think I think that would be the mistake. I think it would make more sense for Sony to invest in porting their current games and creating new games based on those properties for the other, the hardware that's already out there. I think they'll see a lot more success. Well, I don't think they'll do that either. I, I know they won't do that, unfortunately. I think they're, yeah. they're Mason. And look, if they did just that for the next four or five years, well, three years, they could come out with a new handheld that will play all of those games plus new ones, and it's bankrolled by what they're selling in mobile already. But to, yeah. to take their limited resources, because remember, not every part of Sony is doing real well right now. In fact, they're doing pretty poorly. The PlayStation is really propping up that company big time. Uh, they're talking about getting out of TVs now. Mm, so crazy. I, yeah. But if you've got limited resources, money, do you really want to invest it in a, a long shot, another portable gaming system? I would say no. A, a, a much more easily made course of action for them would be to make games for iOS. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I certainly, I, I would do that. I, I think they should be making games for iOS anyway. I agree. I think the problem with all of these all of these companies, and the Japanese ones in particular suffer from this, is their their inability to diversify. They they fo they say, Well we've done this and we've always done it well, so let's just keep doing just that. And in and in fact, you know, you've got a broad now. If if that if Apple adopted that, they'd still be making the iPod well, and they'd be dead in the there's water. A, there's a good chance that they're going to change. I mean as a country they just renounce pacifism, so <laughs> Did you know that? You didn't know that, did you? They renounced pacifism. They did. Well, the the yeah the the Japanese government renounced pacifism. Right. Well, the last see the last time they got they got all warlike and angry, and that worked out really well for them. Yeah, it's a different world. <laughs> they say the same thing about Germany. I mean, they started two world wars, and now they make great cars. I mean, <laughs> you know, people change, man. I give yeah, them the best right, of the yeah. doubt there. Yeah. It's you know, last yeah. thing let's let's wrap this up go for it yeah so fox news not a, not a channel i enjoy or, or watch not, i don't think it's even available in, in the uk thank god so they and like the to think from, is what you're saying yeah they like to think of themselves as the uh you know the smarmy ones the conservatives who like to look down on everyone else so um this last week uh Facebook i don't think they would quite put it that way that, that that's that's the truth, isn't it? Well, well, I mean, look, it depends on lot, your political leanings, but yeah. But I mean, an, look, an awful lot of um, oh, awful, and I'll say this. I'll say this chair. about the the, the stupid okay? no the stupid gas thing in my chair. This is a two year old chair is starting to lose its ability to 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 stay up. Is it has it has it renounced supporting you? It's just because I keep buying cheap chairs. I just gotta, I, I gotta bite the bullet one of these days and spend like five hundred bucks on a really good chair instead of a hundred bucks on a comfortable chair, but that's cheaply made. 
Well, why don't you go to a used used office furniture store and buy a used chair that, when it was new, cost five hundred bucks? Because then I get like five years. Money. Because then I get like five years of farts in the chair, man, and they're not oh. my farts. So <laughs> <laughs> I like to break in a new chair with my own farts. It's more comfortable that way. Well, maybe you could have like a fart war where your your farts <laughs> war against the guy's farts that, that are already in there, and you see which one wins. No, I I don't have a lot of confidence in my hey, own farting ability. I, that, gi- that gives me an idea for an iOS game. <laughs> <laughs> Fart wars. Yeah, fart wars. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to take over the the office chair? Yeah. And, Your uh, guys like a little mushroom or a li- <laughs> no? Better yet, it's a little bean. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're a little mushroom, and you have to eat these beans. You have to catch them, and you have to That's build right. up enough uh, quote oh. gas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Eight months from now, we'll see a game that does just that, and we'll be like, I'm "Hey, on the app store, Scott Wilsey stole our idea." <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> we demand royalties. <laughs> there you go, Tim. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I can finish this last bit now. Um, so. Um, yeah, Facebook went down this week for people who noticed. And, uh, yeah, Shep Smith on Fox News, he, there's a bit where he goes, oh, Facebook went down for an hour today. Are you okay? And he was trying to be really sarcastic. And uh, he holds up his phone and he starts talking about, oh, you know, maybe you could talk to somebody else if Facebook isn't available or uh, go outside and see some sunlight and all the usual sort of rubbish, you know. In the meantime... This hypocritical, smarmy git is sat right behind, right in front of a huge panel of researchers who are trawling Twitter and Facebook, well, not, obviously not Facebook at that point, but trawling social media and the internet for news stories to pop up Yep. on, on giant iPads. Yep. In the meantime, this, you know, guy at the front is so self, uh, self-obsessed self and oblivious. He's going, oh, Facebook is down. How are you going to survive? It's like, how is your organization going to survive without your cheap news source? So what do you think? Fart Wars for the name of this episode? I don't know. It seems kind of crass. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, what am I going to do for, like, a how graphic? About, how about last, last fart, fart Wars took down my Facebook? Nah, too long. It's Guy and Gaz that do the super long name of the episodes. Is it? Yeah, we do. We always do short ones. They always do long ones. Fart Wars it is then. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it sounds kind yeah, of... You're going to have your mushroom in the green cloud. Uh, I don't know. Fart Wars. <laughs> the buttock strikes back. Um, NASA found water on Mars. We found farts in a chair. Return of the flatulence. Flatulence. Uh, so that sounds a bit better. Flatulence? Yeah. Because of what we're talking about or just because it's us talking? <laughs> Take your pick, really. Yeah, it's kind of a double entendre there, isn't it? Yeah. I think flatulence it is. <laughs> and, uh, of course, people have to listen to almost this entire episode to figure out why yeah. Why it's called flatulence. Minutes you go, we're not going to get to the flatulence. I didn't know how to spell flatulence. No. I, I don't think I've ever spelled it before. <laughs> I bet you've smelt it, though. <laughs> never. Never. I have never. I have a sixth spider sense in flatulence. I could I could just tell when it's coming, and I go the other way. 
Oh, boy. So next week, David, I'm uh, in L.A. Tuesday through Thursday, so I will be here uh, for that episode. And then, um, in fact, I'll be here for the next three. But after that, we run into problems. Uh, I will not be here for, like, (laughs) oh, boy, a bunch until after Thanksgiving. So there's going to be like a month without David or I together. Yeah, so let's let's put the call out now. If you'd like to come on and brace us for our obsession with flatulence, <laughs> then get in touch. Techfanpodcast at twitter.com. No, yeah, yeah that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were doing the email address. You're right. Yeah. Techfanpodcast podcast on on Twitter or uh, techfan at the uh, sorry the show at techfanpodcast.com. Yep. And uh, get in touch and uh, see if you want to be on the show. I'd be happy to talk to you. Yeah, so uh, if you're listening, you want to be on, David's going to need a co-host, because I'm, I'm literally going to be in a position where I cannot record on those uh, weeks. And, and we're talking about uh, starting the week of October 26th, so the Halloween week, I can't do that week. We're talking about the week of November 2nd, I can't do that week either, so there's two. Same thing with the week of the 9th. And the week of the 16th. So literally, we have four shows of Tech Fan in a row that I can't be here. So if you're out there, you want to come on Tech Fan for one or all of those shows, let us know, the show at techfanpodcast.com. And uh, David would love to uh, do a show with you, and he can work directly with you on the schedule when you can get together and record. It doesn't have to be when we usually do it. Um, nope. But, uh, yeah, because we don't want to miss a whole month or... or God forbid a whole month of David just doing a show by himself. That would be... No, that would be flatulence. I can't top that, so we're going to wrap it up. See you next week, David. Bye.